Welcome to Tech Talks, the technology podcast with David Savage and Jack Pierce, publishing on Mondays and Thursdays. This is the show packed full of interviews and debate with technology leaders for the love of tech. Coming up on today's show, we are talking to Gillian Kowalchuk. She is the founder of Safe and the City. But before that, hey Jack. Happy New Year, Dave. Happy New Year. The future is woke. The future is woke, yes. It's 2019. We're here. Have you got any New Year's resolutions? Uh, someone asked me this this morning. I was like, do you know what? It hasn't even been a conversation in our house, New Year's resolutions. You know, cut out eating five meals a day is the immediate resolution. <laughs> but other than that, not really, you know. Just keep being me, I guess. What about you? Uh, well, again, I got asked this yesterday, first day back in the office. Mm. And I was like... No, I don't make New Year's no. resolutions. And you did a really good tweet yesterday that I, I, I didn't give you credit for, but this whole dry January stuff. Oh, it's a load of rubbish. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, if you shouldn't have to, you know, go cold turkey for a month. You know, if you want a glass of wine, have a glass of wine. Yeah. Like, just don't overindulge, right? Like, yeah, yeah, just stop drinking every single day. Yeah. And, you know... Maybe have one or two on a Friday night. Keep it in moderation. Exactly. Yeah. Although I, I did kind of say I, I have no New Year's resolutions and then thought about it. And actually, I do I do have a couple of targets for this year. All oh, right. Yeah. One is get a house deposit together because I'm 34 and I'm still renting. Yeah, no. Uh, and then if we buy a house, we can't afford to buy in London, that's yeah. for sure. So the other one would probably be learn to drive. <laughs> or fall back in love with Essex. <laughs> <laughs> Because I probably get, I'm going to have to buy something that's a drive to a station. So oh yeah, yeah. There's there's two serious life goals. Yeah, I wouldn't really call them New Year's resolutions. It's no, not it's like a, I'm going to stop eating chocolate. It's like life admin, isn't it? You know, it's just the, you're working towards it. I think Rosie and I are working towards something similar, but I can't save money. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Uh, we, we were talking about saving money and then Haley immediately had a look online at holidays to the Maldives again. Well, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we could go for five grand in yeah. October. What's more important, you know, a couple of lovely holidays a year or ironing a house and getting on the ladder. Know. You know, that is the real foray into adulthood, that is. And getting on the ladder. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd rather not. <laughs> anyway, no, I should, I should. Um, yes, so on today's show, uh, we are talking to Gillian. Mm. Uh, she is the founder of Safe in the City. The best way to describe it is by telling you that it is Waze for pedestrians. Yeah. You're familiar with Waze, but she will talk us through that in a moment. Um, and then stay tuned, because in the second part of the show, myself and Jack are going to bring a couple of articles that we have seen uh, and would like to share with you. I definitely can say that this is my favourite interview of the year. <laughs> will Will you be able to say that in about 12 months' time? Well, no, when I listened to it at the end of December, I also was sort of like, this is one of my favourite interviews ever. <laughs> Honestly, Gillian's amazing. Safe and City's brilliant. Here we go. So we're chatting with Gillian. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, David. In Starbucks. I mean, you can tell it's nearly Christmas because <laughs> I'm not entirely sure which song this is, but it's a crooner of some kind. We will have it memorised in yeah. a few months' time. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't actually heard any Michael Bublé yet. And a uh, Canadian, surely that's... They have to admit that throughout. It's part of our national it's like, it's anthem. Like the king of Christmas. <laughs> king of Christmas music. It's anyway. the only time you hear him. <laughs> um, so, Julie, you are the founder of Safe in the City. Yes. If anyone doesn't know who Safe in the City are, what, what is the platform? 
so Safe in the City is a navigation app. Uh, most people probably make more sense if you say it's kind of like Waze, but for pedestrians. Um, so instead of forecasting kind of the traffic when you're plotting your route, um, what we do is we ingest um, information from the Metropolitan Police about yeah. risk of crime. So again, when you're on the go and you're busy writing a text or doing an email, you can actually be alerted or just be a little bit more street smart and savvy when you're entering into those hot spots. So your phone's not nicked or you're really not caught off guard by kind of an opportunistic criminal. Um, then we crowdsource information uh, related to sexual harassment and um, sexual assault. And that was essentially from personal experience that really was the genesis of the idea. But then it also really started to build out this everyday problem that people could report on on a frequent enough basis. Yeah. And it's something that's massively underreported. The you know police and a lot of different uh, local authorities and businesses don't realize the scale or have you know access to that information to help kind of change the reality. Um, so that's something we um, people can see, view along the route. And then people also rate the walk. So how um, safe did it feel? How, you know, was lighting adequate? Do you think people could help you if you were in trouble? All building out kind of a picture about, you know, something that's universal to all of us, our safety, uh, without it being compromised in that situation. We can actually start to look at um, the data collected to actually start transforming streets as people walk through them and make every walk count. And you mentioned that it is a universal concern when walking around cities, mm -hmm. but at the same time you, you imagine that women are probably more vulnerable than men. Maybe that's actually entirely a false assumption. I mean, do you, mm -hmm. do you purposely aim it at a demographic or not, or is it just intrigued from that point of view? Because you assume this is a more helpful tool for women. Well, what we've found is um, we actually have had a lot of male uh, downloads or uh, users, or at least that's our estimate. Um, but no, we don't necessarily target women per se, um, but we're focused on sexual harassment. The, you know, did it happen to you or not? Not whether, you know, are you a young person? Are you old? Are you a man? Are you a woman? It's just the reality that a lot of sexual crimes go unreported because it's difficult to talk about or it's a really uncomfortable, scary experience where you start to question even sometimes your own, um, you know, your own behaviors or where you were instead of actually just focus on that was something wrong that, that's happened to you. So, um, but I mean, essentially, you know, it is, at least we look at the research, that is something that um, has been focused a lot more on women in terms of the collection of that type of information. Um, and I think it still has a ways to go to be recognized as quite a, a serious threat that really can uh, accumulate to a lot of different experiences. We know that uh, women do uh, download and use a lot more safety apps or wearables uh, because they feel less comfortable in certain situations yeah, yeah. Um, or whether that's pressure perceived or real. Um, it's just yeah something that sought out. So instead of kind of um, you know keeping women in a potentially you know a separate bus or a separate area you know it's Actually, how can you integrate these tools into everyday platforms and not only just focus it on women, it could be something that anyone could be able to use, old, young, male, woman, child, because navigation is kind of at the heart of a large city, something you would need to have access to and probably need to use. Yeah, and look, I mean, 
the, 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 the majority of our listeners, I think, are UK-based. Well, I know that they're UK-based and London-based, but we also have um, a large number of listeners in the States. And I guess you can have misconceptions about what a city's really like. And I, I, when I first moved to London, it's changed radically now, but behind King's Cross was an area that you just didn't walk into. And it's smack bang in the city centre. So I guess yeah. there's an element of, if you're new to a city, and a capital city, be it London or, or New York, if you don't know, if you don't have that inside knowledge of living somewhere, it's very hard to know where you should and shouldn't go. Yes, yeah, and I mean, that's the nature of an ever-changing city, just like criminals have a pattern of where they go and, you know, maybe pickpocket or, you know, steal phones. There's, there's something that could actually be quite empowering to know that in advance of where you're walking, whether yeah. that just makes you change your route, whether that makes you go in a group or, you know, be like, you know, I'm just gonna be a little bit more careful by putting my phone away and keeping my awareness alert, which has very profound effects in the chances or risks um, of people walking. Um, so we really try to um, teach people about street smarts as well. Uh, we have a training uh, program and we do a number of workshops, even did a few with a self-defense instructor for young, um, young all-girls schools. Yeah. Um, again, just to actually show that you you do have control in a lot of these situations is how you carry yourself it's um you know how aware you are of situation really trusting your gut and also knowing your an exit and um points if you're in trouble that you could go to certain business that's open and willing to kind of help out in that situation you, you mentioned obviously you had an experience yourself part of the reason that people buy into a founder is their authenticity or their passion in a project and obviously a big part of that is your personal experience but at the same time it might not be something that you're necessarily comfortable talking about or it might be something that actually people aren't that comfortable listening to mm. so how do you balance that to kind of you know saying this is why along with the idea of I suppose getting people to buy in, in a way that they can really understand themselves and, and feel part of that story yeah well, I think in general, it is it is a really difficult topic, you know, sexual harassment, sexual assault, even just kind of the, you know, onset of the Me Too movement really uh, blowing up. It's We're getting a little bit more comfortable, but often in these kind of more anonymous platforms or places that, you know, could be lost in like the noise of a lot of things. It, do you find it still is a taboo subject for some people when you're, when you're talking about it or approaching investment? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's probably something they don't use you know, have people come into the boardroom and be like, we're tackling sexual harassment, that's right. our USP. Um, so, I mean, we're quite uniquely set in that way. But um, yeah, I think, you know, the particular kind of incident, and I, I've been quite um, open at sharing that because I think, you know, fundamentally, if you're going to be um, getting people to buy in and understand why you've you know taken this path and created a business um, which I think saving the city is much more than that um, you have to kind of be able to share your story um, and the I guess the incident for me was just not knowing as a you know a new Canadian over here in a much bigger city you know where actually are the places that are safe or not you know you can do lots of research online and you know talk to people but you know, what is that route from that route? And you don't have that on, on the go or recognizing that these changes, like you said, King's Cross are maybe a lot safer now yeah, yeah. Um, to stay ahead of crime. 
Um, but yeah, it was it was just a frustration of being, you know, kind of implicitly trusting a lot of these navigation apps that would take you in the bizarre places that, you know, especially with a lot of our user testing, um, at the start was around kind of a lot of females being like, yeah, I didn't feel safe. But of course, equally men have been, yeah, I didn't want to walk in that area that yeah. felt really scary. Um, and how can we capture that? You know, there's no way right now that you can rate walks on um, Google. So that makes it hard to know, like, well, what was your experience of the walk? Would you want us to put you back into that situation or you want us to move you a different way that might take a few minutes longer? Yeah, no, look, I, I, even as a, as, a, as a young guy, kind of 10 years ago, walking around mm -hmm. London, there'd be times when I'd look over the road and go, I'm not going down there. Yes, yeah. It's really about trusting your gut, but uh, you know, using that perception in a way that you can collect it as a data kind of string or set, you start to see that everyone's feeling really uncomfortable in this area at this time. What can we do? And that's why we've structured the information on kind of things that are set around what you know local authorities and businesses can actually you know help help out and change. You mentioned that it is more than a business. But it is a business. Of course. I mean, how, yeah. how do you view that? Because some people kind of find the, the phrase social enterprise unhelpful. Or you'll suggest, oh, you know, what your business sounds like it's bordering on charity. I'll go, it's absolutely not charity. That doesn't help. Or mm. people talk about profit with purpose. How mm. do you view Safe in the City? Yeah, I think there's so many names thrown around. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, at the heart of it, we, we are solving a social problem but finding a way that we can commercialize it so we're not um, reliant exclusively on kind of external funding which might shift or priorities change we want to have that um, I guess independence um, to a certain degree to be able to keep true to what we're finding in the data not change our you know route based on maybe just profits like we're who, who's telling us to advertise or push people a certain way we don't want to we don't want to we want to be the neutral kind of uh, Switzerland of <laughs> the information that we're receiving <laughs> and look, you've just gone through a funding round a successful funding round yes a crowdfunding how much of that can you tell us about at the minute yeah well we just uh, reached our target yeah. it was a bit of a, a different one in that um, it wasn't an equity stake um, it was actually a competition uh, crowdfund uh, so it was with uh, JC Deco um, mm -hmm. and Unlimited. There was about 150 uh, social enterprises that uh, were considered for this. We were out of the top 10 and then we were within less than two weeks um, asked to do this sprint um, crowdfunding campaign um, for the month of November. But we successfully reached it. Um, and now we're um, doing a partnership with JC Deco and they do a match funding. So you'll hopefully see even more of us if you haven't already. <laughs> so um, what, look, it's, a, it's an obvious question. Obviously, we're listening to Christmas music, so it's nearly the end of 2018. Yes. You've just gone through that round. What's the plans for 2019? Yeah, we have a lot of exciting news uh, for 2019. Um, some international organizations that are very interested in you know, that formalization of this um, information, how it can actually be pulled into larger data sets that you know, are almost agreed upon by um, countries around the world and large corporates, so that we can actually you know, 
the data is not just there to be commercialized, the data is actually serving a purpose yeah. of people navigating cities. How does London compare to Mumbai or Mumbai to Johannesburg? I mean, we won't be able to get there probably in 2019, but we have quite an aggressive plan to scale out um, throughout the UK and potentially into one or two new cities outside of that. Well, look, it's really exciting. I really appreciate you giving up some time to have a quick chat. Yeah, of course. And fingers crossed for the year ahead. Thank you. Thank you, David. Right. Um, I'm going to kick off with one quick thought. Please. Uh, this reminded me slightly of Domo, you know. Right. Because she talks about collecting or, or listening to your gut instincts, mm. collecting that perception and then turning it into data. Yeah, yeah. And you know how Domo was talking about the idea that a young CEO might make a decision based on gut instinct, but yeah. actually there's data to back it up yeah. when you start collecting it. I think it's really interesting that there is this trend of being able to collect data real time based on your feelings, and then actually, once you pull all of, the, all of those feelings together, you start to see trends that are actually useful. It's funny because that reminded me of something totally different, right. but, and I'm coming at it from another angle, like a community value. You know, mm. the, the data is is put in by users. It's sort of you to you, if you will, user to user or customer to customer. Yeah, yeah. That reminded me of Olio. That reminded me of yeah, like yeah, yeah. us all pitching together to help each other, help our community or, you know, our walking space where we're going and, you know, really utilizing our own data as well as other data. I mean, this uses the Met Police or whatever, but that's what it reminded me of. I, I think it's um, super valuable because let's be honest, mm. um, neither of us are from London. And when I first moved to London, you do kind of hear, oh, this area is safe, this yeah. area isn't, you shouldn't go there. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? Because I, I always kind of think back to a, to, to an instant. I was I was uh, going to White Hart Lane of all places. <laughs> sorry, 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 listeners. That's just me being sick. Um, and I was an away fan for the day. Yeah. As, as a as a Geordie. Yeah. Um, Hawaii, the lads. Exactly. Uh, what I found really bizarre was getting off the tube. Yep. I think at Seven Sisters. Yep. Um, I'd met some mates uh, around King's Cross because normally wouldn't have got the tube to Seven Sisters, given that I lived near it yes. at the time. And this was the thing. I was a resident of North East London. Right. And I got off the tube in a Newcastle shirt and thought, oh, I'll just go get a drink somewhere because I was close to home. And just didn't even think, oh, well, actually, maybe that's not a clever idea. And I know that's an extreme example because I was wearing a away football shirt. Yeah. But the police were immediately, no, don't go there. Go straight to the stadium. Don't walk off down that way. Uh, yeah. And you, you kind of think about it. You do whether you're a man or a female, whatever your circumstances, sometimes you go on autopilot without thinking. You might land yourself in a, in a silly situation. Yeah, I mean, we've all... We've all I know that's a bit of a bizarre example. No, no, but that is that, you know, like you say, it might be a bit extreme. That is a good example, you know. I've, I've lived in London for three and a half years. I by no means can, you know, defend myself if I was going to get mugged. It would be nice to know. I, I walk home, you know, not the fastest way when it's dark, but all the way down Commercial Road. And it's like she, say, like she says, it's making people street smart. Yeah, not exactly. doing stupid, dumbass yeah. things like wearing a Newcastle shirt as an away fan. Nah. Going, going wandering into, a, into an area that maybe there might be yeah, some people. There might be that, some, yeah, not so nice people. Some, but good things. it is a fact that Google Maps wants to get you killed. Like, I can safely say <laughs> that. I've, I've, I've followed Google Maps. I mean, when, when we were in, um, in Charleston, in, in, in uh, South Carolina, 
Now, it's a beautiful town, beautiful, beautiful, but there is a couple of rough areas, as with every city. Mm. Now, our Airbnb was next to a main road. I mean, I'm going to use my hands to navigate. Next to a really long main road. Good, good for the audience. To the left. Yeah, 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 to the left. And then to the right was a, was a project sort of really run down area. And we yeah. wanted to get to the old town. Google Maps, rather than taking us down the high street and in, took us through the rougher part. Now, everyone was really nice, Southern hospitality. We did feel safe, yeah. but... We would have avoided that way because it was a little bit ropey. Mm. If had we known and had we you safe in the city, you know, Google Maps will get you there fast, but maybe with a limbless. Yeah. You know. And look, Gillian's backstory, her reason yeah. for uh, founding this app is obviously really powerful. And and I, whilst it's stressed in the interview, I think it's worth stressing again that sexual assault often does go unreported. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and people have a lot of stigma around it. So something that allows someone to pinpoint a location. Yeah. And it's not just then that thing of, oh, do I remember it? You know, this happened here yeah. to me. People need to be alert and aware. And feeding that into the Met Police, to local borough councils, and making sure that that information is, is publicly available and then can be utilised in the way that benefits society is a really positive thing. Exactly. It's harnessing real-time data to, you know, maybe save your life or save your wallet. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. yeah. And to build on that, mm. you know, um, the date she's, she mentions, the data is not just there to, to be commercialised. Exactly, you know? yeah. yeah. That's a really important point, yeah. I think. It's there to help people. And she wants to roll it out across various different cities. I think she mentions uh, Delhi or New Delhi in the yep. interview. But that idea that, yeah, this data can be commercialised, yes, but it has to fundamentally be about making every walk count, yes. making cities safer for everyone. Yeah. You know, it could very easily be um, something that you kind of go, oh, this is predominantly for women. But no, this is about everybody. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm tiny. I, um, I you know, <laughs> or, but you know, even, even I'm it, sure people listening to the podcast imagine this six foot three figure. <laughs> it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, but like, I mean, the Me Too movement isn't just about women. You know, I remember hearing about Terry Crews, you know, um, who's from uh, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, White Chicks, many things. And he is a big boy. He's muscular. He's huge. Mm. But when he was getting into the business, still muscle bound, he was, you know, sexually harassed by, right, by yeah. another man. And Me Too, I mean, I, I, I love the part where she says, yeah, she hears people wincing when she tells her story of how she got to where she was and stuff like that. You know, it is a taboo subject, but use the app. Feed your own data in, and we'll make the you know the community we're in safer, and for men and women. Yeah. Quick, quick last point. Go on. Instead of women on a separate bus or a separate area, mm. integrate these platforms. I kind of that's interesting, isn't it? Because this this idea that you know you need a women only session at the yeah. gym or you know, and I can get that someone will want that not because they feel threatened, but they just feel more comfortable. And yep. I think that's that's a that's a distinction. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's really great that this idea that tech can be used to integrate to platforms to break down those barriers yeah. and make people feel more comfortable generally anyway. Yeah, and also provide self-defense for young girls. I love yeah. that. That's amazing. That's going above and beyond what they should do. Uh, we will wrap up part one of the show here. One quick thing to mention. If you thought Gillian was a particularly inspiring character, like we did, uh, she's actually going to be at a live show that we're doing on the 31st of January at the Westworks, six o'clock in the evening. She is part of a panel along with Dr. Hannah Allen from Babylon. Uh, and Who's, Hugo, I see their adverts all around London now on, uh, the, on the big BT phone yeah, things. Yeah, and that is yeah, actually yeah. her. Yeah, is that actually her? That is oh, her. is it? <laughs> the doctor that you can speak That's to, it, yeah, the, yeah. The, the blonde lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is actually Dr. Oh. Hannah Allen. Uh, so 
Yeah, they're using yes, their real staff. Uh, and Johnny Hugill, who is lead researcher yeah. at Public and was on the show in, I think, in December. December yeah, talked all about late, Port no, Tech, didn't he? Late yeah. November, maybe. Uh, so, really cool panel. Mm. It's going to be uh, a live show. Jack will be involved too. Yeah, I know. Watch me struggle to keep up with the true experts. <laughs> I'm probably just going to rehash their points they've made on the show in the past and see if I can get away with it. <laughs> Let's see. Well, look, um, it's free to attend. <laughs> yes. It's at the Westworks. It's a live recording of the podcast, and we'd love you to come and be involved. Exactly. So, Jack, are you getting over the January blues? Have you got New Year's resolutions? Uh, no to both. Well, two books that might be able to help you come up with some, some targets for the new year. Yeah. The Art of Life Admin by Elizabeth Emmons. Okay. Available on Audible. That's a new release. That's new. And The World's Fittest Book by Ross Edgley, uh, the cover of which will shame you into the gym. It's a very really? big man. Ah, uh, they might have used an old stock photo of me for that then. I don't think so. No. He's about three jacks wide. Wow. Yeah, but they're new releases on Audible that might help you ease into the new year in a positive frame of mind. I'll give them a go. Welcome back to Tech Talks. It's part two of the show. And we're not going to do news anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, where's the jingle going to fit in now? There's no jingle. There's no, the jingle's gone. The bells have gone. The bells, the bells were for 2018. Long, long live new bells. We need a new jingle. We need someone else in there uh, now. We might, we might get to that at some point. Maybe. Uh, instead, <laughs> myself and Jack are going to bring one article or Thing. news item or product each that we've seen yes. and uh, tell each other about it and let's see what happens. Let's, yeah, I'm worried. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to go first or shall I? I'll, I'll go first because um, I only found out we were doing this about 10 minutes ago. Oh, no. Don't, <laughs> don't destroy the mystique. New Year, same me. Oh. <laughs> um, let me just give you a headline and um, a That's cup- probably my fault, isn't it, for not explaining No, it. no, it's definitely my fault. You told me yesterday we were doing this. No, probably not very clear. <laughs> Anyway. Um, we are not robots. Amazon warehouse employees push mm. to unionise. You know the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, as Amazon work as Amazon's workforce has more than doubled over the past three years, workers at Amazon fulfillment center warehouses in the US have started organising and pushing back toward forming a union to fight back against the company's treatment of its workers. Yada 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 yada. Union 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 etc etc. Et you know, I think it's really interesting because. Go on. Um, my mother-in-law yes. has a really negative opinion of unions because she... From uh, the north. She's from Manchester, isn't I she? she? Is. I know she is, but she went through the winter of discontent, Oof. you know, when, when there were power strikes and whatever else. And I, I kind of think that there is, a, um, certainly in the UK, in some sections of society, this idea that unions are too powerful. Yes. And that, you know, they're not good and they can bring the country to a standstill, etc. And certainly, unionisation or unions can be too strong, yeah, sure. Yeah. But they're a really important part of protecting workers' rights. That's what I was going to say. I was going to be like, I, I can understand that you can you can really, like you say, bring things to a halt in a union. You know, depending on your industry or your field. But surely, when you when you when you pick it apart and you boil it down, it's just basic human rights and safety. I mean, I saw a film before Christmas called uh, Sorry to Bother You, I recommend it to everyone. It's one yeah. of the best films I saw last year. And part of that is about a call center, a group of call centre staff unionising together. And people get really worried by it, but in actual fact, all they want is fair pay and healthcare. Yeah, I mean, look, we all get annoyed when the tube's on strike. Huh. And tube, stri- tube drivers being paid, paid 119 grand a year, you kind of go, really? Yeah. But 
as much as he was a bit of a prick, and by all accounts, his 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 uh, he was a champagne uh, socialist of the highest degree. Yeah. Who want who wouldn't want someone like Bob Crow in your corner? If you were working for TFL. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Why wouldn't you let him fight that fight for you sort of thing? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not advocating that that's necessarily the best way forward. But his mm. fights with Boris, he protected his workers. Mm. Whereas in the face of AI, I am, we are all for the good of tech. And I think that AI and automation can be a positive thing and can create new jobs. But we have to make sure that people are protected and that they are retrained, helped. And I don't think without strong unions that'll happen. What about when we when I don't think the government sorry, I don't think the government can 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 perform that function. No. But I've also seen a video over Christmas of loads of Amazon robots running around delivering mm. stuff. What happens when they want to unionise, when the AI within <laughs> them? I mean, then we... What happens there? Well, we're talking about the Matrix then, aren't we? Exactly. Uh, anyway. Okay, no, good. I That'll think do, it, wouldn't it? It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, everyone deserves the right to healthcare and things like that. And, you know, Amazon has got to where it's got today, you know, mainly because of a lot of large, large, huge tax breaks. So, you know... Let them unionize. Give your staff a bit more chance before you replace them all with machine learning AI robots. Uh, I've got something for you from TechCrunch. Okay. It's written by. Uh, it's written by. It's because it's written by Rita. Uh, written <laughs> by Rita Liao. Liao. L I A O. Liao. L I. Liao. I don't know. Liu. Yeah. Carry, carrying on. Let's my just let's just butcher her names. name. Yeah. yeah. Let's just yeah. Uh, anyway, at, at Rita C Y L I A O. That's her Twitter handle. Um, the FCC greenlights solely Google's radar-based gesture tech. Gesture tech? I'm immediately thinking... Italians? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm immediately thinking AR... Uh, sorry, AI? I'm immediately thinking Minority Report, but sexier. Because Minority Report, they had to have, like, haptic gloves. But like when Gene like, Hackman and Will Smith. Is that Minority Report? No, that's Enemy of the State. <sighs> Minority Report's Tom Cruise, where the system predicts murder. Yep, and yep, he's, yep, yep, he's yep. kind of swiping around in midair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Nice, nice gestures there. Yeah, another great uh, visual, visual Prompt bit for the on, podcast. On the audio, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, the the US uh, regulator, they've got US regulatory approval. Rather, uh-huh. uh, this is really cool. The Solly project started in 2015 inside Google's Advanced Technology and Projects Unit. God, I wonder what the hell's in there now. Yeah, yeah, I want to go. This is really well timed for Google because obviously at the back end of last year we had the Google Plus leak. Uh, There was a lot of criticism over their um, re-entering of China uh, and a possibly sensitive engine. Not not cool. But here's tech for good that helps people with mobility, speech, tactile impairments, potentially... um, uh, interact with technology. It's the size of a, I want to say dime. Let's just double check this. Is that 20, size of a 20 Oh, an American quarter, sorry. Penny. So, size. Yeah, a tiny chip the size of an American quarter to track slight hand and finger motions at high speed and accuracy. So instead of twisting a knob to adjust the volume on your stereo, you rub your fingers over a speaker that contains the chip as if sliding across a virtual dial. Um, pretty cool. Yeah. Just trying to motion it myself, yeah. yeah. yeah again, very good. Um, <laughs> Facebook were concerned, obviously, uh, because uh. Oculus uh, also relies on uh, similar tech. Yep. So I guess they don't want Google getting a getting a stealing a march on them. Um, uh, and they said that uh, basically there could be some problems because there could be 
potential harmful interference to other Spectrum users. So interestingly enough, the step that they've taken is to say, fine, we'll make some compromise. The, mm. the levels of the radar, kind of the, 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 the amount of power needed have to be lowered, but you can operate it on a plane. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, because I guess planes are up in at a certain kind of level yeah. where they're not going to be interfering with as much bandwidth. Yeah. Still, though, you know, experimental technology, stick it on a plane. Why not? Yeah, 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 safety. I mean, there was only a report yesterday that I think it's three in a million flights has a fatal accident. What, what do you so, mean? You know, the flight itself? Safe. The flight itself or someone on a flight? Uh, that wasn't clear. I was, right. I, would, I was reading a random report about you yeah. know, deaths. From As you do over Christmas. Yeah. Random report on death. Anyway, but you know, experimental experimental tech. Let's let's chuck it on a plane. Chuck it up there. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Put anyway. it on Apache helicopters as well. Um, look, I think this is really cool. Uh, there yes. is an obvious um, angle where I imagine if you had most where does of your it own sit? Where does this? Well, no, because it's the size of a chip. You can put it in anything. Oh, okay. so you could stick it in a smartwatch. Yeah. Saying, and you can have a virtual button. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you've got like locked-in syndrome or motor neuron disease, yeah. or you've got Parkinson's, and you know smaller gestures are really all you can manage mm. to, to operate something, mm -hmm. or you you can't speak clearly. Mm. Tech like this could be really, really um, revolutionary for you. Could use this with I kind of forget the name of the product, but you remember the thing that. Uh, the voice thing oh, that's yeah, strapped yeah, to yeah. your ear and chin yeah. and sort of if you had that you could almost never move again and you could speak and do stuff I'm not sure that's a potential good user case no okay. not for tech for good we want people moving maybe tech for sloth yeah it's my new hashtag of the year anyway I, I thought that was interesting it's a lovely piece yeah 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 yeah. any, um, any thoughts on that? well I'd like to be sent some products eventually you know I'd, I'd like to try this out <laughs> you can start 2019 with a moan yeah, do you know what? I did a product of the week near on every week last year and not one person sent me something oh, to try. Yeah. Apart from the Jewel, which I have now um, canned. Why? The nicotine, the two, the high volume of nicotine, you might want to cut this actually in case our friends are listening, uh, the high content of nicotine was upsetting my stomach. No, I think that's useful information. It was, so what it was, um, where I smoke roll-ups, which are bad for you, don't get me wrong, they're worse than the Jewel, but where it was the high only nicotine sort of I don't know what you'd call it going into my system it upset my stomach and is it that made something you could have got through what just vape through the pain I don't know I mean I, what I need to do is I need would, to get I mean would your stomach have settled down no it didn't and when I stopped it settled what I need to do is I need to get um, less nicotine the... ones ah lower it... no we'll, we'll keep this in because we are going to be yeah. talking to Jewel in a few weeks so there's a tech solution for a big health problem so that's good user feedback oh there we go i think i think what it was is the nicotine capsules i was using was too high and i, I need to i don't want you back on your rollies i don't and speaking of another marathon this year as well i say marathon. Half. half marathon i got the email this morning from uh hackney hackney half wasn't it yeah exciting times Love see it. you don't want to be Love smoking it. jack <sighs> right um well look have a lovely weekend if you're back in work Commiserations. We are too. <laughs> we are too. But it's a quieter week. So it's a gentle yeah. ease into the reality that will be Monday. Oh, sorry. <laughs>